0: This is a re-recording of worship at South Meriden Trinity United Methodist Church on Sunday, July 28th, 2019. Would you pray with me, please? Loving God, creator of beautiful summer days, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for the abundance that you give us in your creation and in Christ and in your Holy Spirit, for in these things you give us every reason to trust you as our God. Help us to open our minds and hearts to these words that our trust in you may grow. Amen. Good morning. I'm so glad to see folks today. After those storms early in the week, it's been beautiful. It's hard to trust in the middle of a heat wave that relief is on the way, but sure enough, things got better. Maybe not how we expected them to be, but better. And I thank everyone who turned out for last week's worship in the middle of the heat. Bless you for trusting that you'd find things when you got here. I'm grateful for your trust in God. You may or may not trust me, but I believe that you're here not because of me, but because of the God who is worthy of our trust. Amen? A lot of people don't trust God these days, or at least the church as a place to find God. The latest Gallup poll shows that only 36% of Americans have a high or pretty high confidence in organized religion. In 1973, when Gallup first asked this question of Americans, 65% had strong confidence in religion. Today, the scales of trust in religion are tipped the exact opposite way. We know that most people don't trust churches anymore, and and yet, most churches still assume that they're trusted places. I suppose that's not really news either, and yet, it should be. We're a little church with big heart. But if a world that doesn't trust churches is going to find the freedom that God's joy offers the world, we need more than just a big heart to help them find that joy. We need Discipleship. We need to do the things that not only bring God's joy into their own lives, consistently and persistently, but also the things that make God's joy evident to God's world. Because, truth be told, the world doesn't trust our hearts enough to come here. It takes more than a good heart to be a Christian who finds joy. It takes more than unity, commitment, and focus to be a Christian who can find God's joy and share it with God's world because deep in our hearts, people know who we really trust and who we don't. And if the people of God's church don't trust a God who gives us the freedom to find God's joy, then the world is going to know it. I learned a lot about trust in my very first job. My first summer out of high school, I got a job selling Fuller Brush Company products door-to-door in my hometown. It was my mother's idea, to be honest. I had absolutely no interest in sales. I was a shy kid, for the most part, and the idea of knocking on the doors of perfect strangers terrified me. In spite of that, After being handed some samples and an order pad, I found myself knocking on people's doors, asking if they'd like a free vegetable brush or how their tile and grout was looking. And they had good products for the most part, I must say, but I was a miserable salesperson. I had no confidence. And yet, much to my surprise, I got an order at the very first house I stopped at, this house on Orchard Street, Orchard Street in my hometown, it was a very nice woman who invited me into her house, and we chatted for a good while. She trusted that I was a good person and saw that I respected her. That pattern repeated itself over and over on that long, miserable summer. A lot of people just didn't trust me, and I didn't trust them, but If I could get people to trust that I was a good person, then we would get to know one another better. And sometimes they would even buy something. I learned that I wasn't selling brushes or mops or brooms or cleaners. I was selling trust. Luke's Gospel tells us today about people who had come to trust Jesus. They believed that Jesus was God's Savior for the world. And they listened to Jesus and saw what Jesus did for people and how he acted with people and trusted that he really did understand better than anyone else what a real living relationship with God was like. And so we read in Luke today that the followers of Jesus wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray the way that the prophet John, who baptized Jesus, had prayed with them. Now, we don't know what John's prayers were like. But we know that John was not like other religious people. John stripped away everything that could separate him from God practically down to his underwear and trusted in God absolutely for his very life. And Jesus did the same because, after all, how could God not trust God? Who better to teach people how to trust God in our prayers than... God. We call the prayer that Jesus taught his followers the Lord's Prayer. Chances are you know at least one version of it by heart. The version we see in Luke's Gospel is the simplest of all. Jesus tells his followers first, tell God that you respect God, that you trust that God is the most holy of holy beings, and yet, like our parent, respected above all and loved by the one who gave us our life. Then, ask God to rule over us now, not just later. That takes trust, the willingness to let God's way be the way of the world. And then, ask God for just enough strength for this day, trusting that God will take care of tomorrow. Then, trust That God wants us to ask for forgiveness for what we've done wrong and trust that, as a forgiven person, we can find a way to forgive people who've hurt us. And finally, ask for trust that God wants to lead us away from every evil thing. That's a lot of trust to ask of anyone, much less God. Trust that it's okay that God is in charge of everything, including us, like a loving parent. Trust that this powerful, intimate God wants us to tell God, like we would, a parent, what we've messed up. Trust that God wants us to forgive people like God forgives us. Trust that God will lead us away from evil things if we do all of this. We might know this prayer as a rote prayer, words that we just kind of say without thinking much about what they really say. When we break it down, though, we can see that this is the most unwrote prayer of all. It defines the core of everything that we need to do to trust that God can lead us to real joy and to find it now, not just later. In this prayer, we ask to trust the most powerful God, in our most vulnerable state, with our most intimate hopes. And we have to do this if we're going to experience God's real joy. Without that trust, we'll never get to that Easter daylight of the risen Jesus. We'll be stuck fearing a grave with a stone of despair shutting out the promise of God's joy. You might think that the followers of Jesus heard this and thought or said something like, Got it, Jesus. No problem. We're on it. Clearly, though, that's not what happened. There's no response from the disciples of Jesus to this prayer in Luke's Gospel. Probably there was a stunned silence. And so, We see that Jesus tried to give his followers some mental pictures to help them trust God this way. Jesus asked his followers to consider what they would do for a good friend who needed help in the middle of the night. You'd help them, wouldn't you? Of course you would. We have to trust that this most powerful God, seeing us so vulnerable, will treat our prayers seriously. Or, like a good parent, we have to trust that God wouldn't hand a dangerous thing to a child who asks for something good. The followers of Jesus needed help finding the trust of God in their hearts, the way that Jesus asked them to find it. And so do we. As God's church in Christ, too often we're afraid to knock at the door of God the way that Jesus asks us to knock. Like someone knocking on the door of a stranger or even a friend, we're afraid of God's rejection when God is a stranger to our hearts. And so, while we might find happiness in this church, if we're not knocking on the door of God in our prayers the way that Jesus asks us to, and trusting that God will lead us to God's joy in our prayers no matter what, it's not likely that our neighbors are going to knock on our door to find the joy of God and Jesus here or open their doors when we go knocking. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Jesus. Jesus is knocking at the door of everyone's heart. Everyone in God's world gets that knock on the door of their hearts from Jesus. Jesus trusts that it's worth it to try to offer every single person in God's world the joy of God's saving love. And most don't answer. Some answer, get scared and, and shut the door, and, and some talk to Jesus in the doorway of their hearts, but never let him in. And some find enough trust to let Jesus in and have a chat with Jesus in their hearts. And some learn that Jesus is worth trusting like a friend because Jesus is the only one who shows us the fullness of God's heavenly joy on earth. The Lord's Prayer of Jesus tells us everything we need to do to learn how to trust God enough to find that joy. Knock on the door of God in your heart with this prayer and every prayer And the door will be opened by the God who's already knocking on the door of our hearts. And then, start knocking on the door of the hearts of others, as Jesus does, every day. Hopefully, they'll open their doors, and our doors, soon enough. Amen. time now for the prayers of the people when we lift up our joys and concerns. I am recording this after our worship service, so I do not have uh, the list of prayers in front of me that we collected, but I thank everybody for their prayers at worship today, and your prayers are in our hearts. The prayers of the world are in our hearts. The prayers of our community are in our hearts, and your prayer in your heart as you listen to this is in our hearts as well. We are one with you in Christ. We will not let go of loving you because we know that God does not let go of loving you or any person on this earth. Hold that in your heart this week and know that whatever is happening to you in your life, highs or lows, broken or healed, the God that wants to bring us all joy is with us in our prayers. Gracious God, we thank you for this blessed day of Sabbath where we have come together to worship. We thank you for everybody in our church and in God's church around the world that unites in faith. Gracious God, we are not perfect disciples, but we are perfectly willing to come to you with our joys and concerns. Help us to be more intimate with you in our hearts. Help us to knock on your door more fervently and to put aside our fears and to trust that you do listen to our prayers. Help us to receive your responses that you offer us in your Holy Spirit. And may your Spirit unite us with other people as we see compassionately in our hearts the need of prayer all over your world. Help us to be ambassadors for Christ through our prayers and to be one with Christ and one with each other and one with God's people on earth as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast of our worship. We apologize for the technical difficulties that we had that required the recording of it at a later time, but we hope that This brings you faith and hope for the week ahead. And please join us in keeping our charge to keep. Trust in the God who gave us Jesus. Trust in the God who is Jesus. Trust in God's Holy Spirit who makes us one with Jesus. Praise our trustworthy, saving God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine God's face upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and grant you peace now and forever. And may the people of God say, Amen. Have a blessed week.